welcome all of you here at our Plantation Campus, all of our services all weekend long. Also want to say a quick welcome to our Gateway Campus east of I-75. Love you guys. East of the interstate, yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, this is Mother's Day weekend, and I got to be honest, I really love this weekend. I love that here at Next Level Church, one of the special things we do is we do child dedication. And it's such a great opportunity for us to really just continue to, to, to show how much uh, urgency there is in our heart to see the next generation become everything that God wants them to become and to just keep prioritizing them and blessing them and speaking life over the future generations of our nation and our world. And so we love that. Well, this is part three of our Fresh Start series. And over the, the weeks of this series, we're talking about so many of those specific areas of our life where we need a fresh start. And in honor of Mother's Day weekend and all of our moms who are present in all of our services all weekend and in honor of our child dedication, we're going to do something special this weekend as we talk about refreshing our parenting, a fresh start to our parenting. And that is this. Uh, we are, I am team teaching this weekend with our kids pastor here at Next Level Church, Pastor Josh Homan. Hey, everybody. Yeah. 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 Man, oh man. Well, Pastor Josh is the guy who oversees everything that happens in terms of our kids' ministries at both of our campuses. Uh, it just does a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Works week in and week out. Uh, Josh, you do with, with parents, with kids, uh, with our volunteers, hundreds of team members and volunteers that just minister to hundreds and hundreds of kids every single week. And Josh, uh, he and I go way back. Matter of fact, uh, Sarah and I ran a campground, a summer camp for, for students, uh, like 15 years years ago. And Josh, you worked at that summer camp. I was actually your favorite and not Mike Ash. I was, that is I was true. your favorite. That's actually, absolutely, that's actually the truth. Don't tell Mike, but that's true. It's okay. So uh, it is absolutely true. <laughs> and so, man, you know, Josh and I are excited to be able to share uh, this weekend and, and for several reasons. One, because we're both parents. Mm -hmm. I have a 13-year-old. My oldest son, Will, is 13. He'll be 14 in August. And then my youngest son, Drew, actually turns 11 this weekend. Uh, and so, Josh, you have two I kids have two as well. I have two kids. I have a three-year-old named Gracie. She is my daughter. Uh, she gets everything she wants. Uh, yes, she and, and then, I know why. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. She's so cute. Uh, and then my son, Oliver, uh, he is, uh, we are grooming him for the NFL draft to be an O-lineman. He's a big boy, <laughs> but we're very proud of him yes, too. Yes, yeah. Oliver, he's amazing. Just amazing, amazing. Well, this weekend, uh, as I mentioned, we're talking about uh, a fresh start in our parenting. It's true. And, and let's be honest. Let's just say it how it is. Parenting is a weird and funny thing. It, it just is. It's it hard. Is. It's, it really it's tough. Is. And I think the reason why is because it's really hard to know if we're doing a good job while we're doing it, you know? Right. Like, you don't know until your kids are older and it's too late if, they're, <laughs> if you totally messed them up or if you did it right. Like, you have no idea. And, and honestly, I think this is why I love sports. I really do. I love sports. Right. And I love it because from game to game throughout the whole season, I know if my team is doing a good job. Right. Like I know, and even quarter to quarter and minute by minute, I know how my team's doing. But the reality is with parenting, there's not like this gauge and there's not a big yeah. scoreboard that's going, you're doing great or you stink <laughs> at this. Like, like there is none of that. And I honestly, I think this is why a lot of men huh. check out from being great dads because yeah, wow. we, we're, that's how we work. Like it's good for us to have this gauge of how good we're doing. And so I think... I think that it's, it's just reality with parenting is that it's, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. It's so frustrating. And, and, and I wish that we could sit up here and we could tell you guys <laughs> the answer and right. how to take care of that frustration. But we really, we don't have that answer. If it's we true. did, we'd be really good at what we're doing with our kids. <laughs> uh, 
But here's what we do know, is that there are times and there are seasons where we have to push the refresh button That's in right. our parenting. And That's we right. hope today can be that. Yeah, we need those times where, where we reflect, where we remind ourselves why we became parents in the first place. We need those moments in time where we remember how it felt. Come on, parents, where we remember how it felt the first time we held our son or our daughter in our arms. And, and we, that we need those moments. And men, come on, men. It's, let's be honest. It's Mother's Day, but men, let's be honest. Remember the first time you held your kid in your arms? Like, like I don't know about you, but like the day our kids were born, my boys were born, that's like the scariest day scary. of my life. It was so scary. Every time I start to talk about uh, the, when my two kids were born, my, my wife looks at me, and I can't look at her right now because she's going to give it that look of like, you have no idea. And, and all of you, all you women, you know what I'm talking about, all you moms. Like, here's the deal. Like, it was the scariest thing that yes, I've ever gone through. It was awful. Like, when my daughter was, was born, awful. it was traumatizing. Like, when my daughter was born, like, I almost passed out. Like, literally. <laughs> the nurse looked at me at one point, and she was like, do you need to sit down? And I'm like, yes, I do. It was horrible. <laughs> yes. And by the time Oliver was born, I was the one asking for the epidural. For sure. Like, yes. it is going to be, this is going to be painful. I've it's, done this it's, already. Yes. It's horrible. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so when my oldest, Will, was born, he was nine weeks premature, and so that'll freak you out anyway. And so uh, we're in there. There's all these extra doctors and nurses, right. you know, around and the whole deal. And, and so, like, there's this metal, like, tray from the bed that had been taken off and sat to the side, like leaned against the chair. We have video of this. We're not going to show video no, of this. No, but, no, no, uh, We have video. <laughs> no, it's the funniest thing ever. You got it. No, you don't got to no, see it. No, I don't. No, I don't. So, there, so we have video. And like, so, so like all, there are all these doctors and nurses, you know, it's real tense, real stressful. And, and somehow I like kick this metal tray down on the floor and it's like, boom, 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 boom. And all, it's all the video. Like all of the doctors and nurses are like, <laughs> Looks right at me, and the nurse is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. My kid's given, being born, and I'm scared to death. It's awful. It's horrible. And seriously, how do we become the generation that has to be in the, in the room? Yes. Like, that ha we have to be. Like, if we're not, we're in trouble, right? right. My father-in-law, he's from a different country, and he didn't have to be in the room. Like, listen. See? I'm proud. I am proud to be an American, but we can learn some stuff from these other countries. <laughs> seriously. It was scary. It's scary. <laughs> Women, you have no idea what seriously. it's like to be a dad now. You have no idea. It was rough. It's rough. <laughs> but the truth is, can you remember moms, dads, when you held oh. your baby for the first time? Yeah. Like, as scary as it was, and the room was spinning, literally, I almost passed out. Like, like but when I held my daughter for the first time, yeah. when I looked at Gracie and I looked in her eyes, like, everything changed. Right? Like, like it was... It was like in that moment I understood, God, understood God's love more than I ever had before. Yeah. And I remember the same thing was true when I held Oliver. Like it was incredible. It was, it was the coolest thing ever. And I was so nervous and I was so scared. But I knew in that moment that, that everything was going to be different, that I was going to be different, that, that our lives were going to be different. And maybe dads, maybe this was the time where you started to go, I'm going to make some changes. Yeah. I'm going to stop drinking so much, and I'm going to start coming home early from work and spend more time with my family because this little baby is worth it. Yeah. It was worth it, and it, it was incredible when this happened. We wanted to give our kids the most love possible, and it's so true for you moms too, that when you held your baby for the first time, it was like, I hope that I can give this baby the best life possible and give her the ba this baby the most love I possibly can. But then something happens. Doesn't it? We take that little bundle of joy and all of those commitments that we made 
in that delivery room home and all of a sudden we go back to work and something happens or, or the teething starts and it's horrible or, or, or potty training and it's, and it's worse. <laughs> You're about to head into terrible twos, right, with Oliver. That's, I feel like it's I should horrible. give you like 20 bucks. I don't, like, I don't, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I don't know what to do, but uh. here's 20 bucks. Go buy Taco Bell or something. I don't know. <laughs> something happens. All of a sudden, everything, everything, the world starts to happen. And all of a sudden, school starts in the school years. And all of a sudden, there's homework procrastination. And all of a sudden, they're talking back. And all of a sudden, okay, come on, parents of teenagers. The teen years happen. And it's like, what is going on? Hold on. Okay, time out. Time out real fast. I, I know before we go any further, and this might be the only time a pastor sits on a stage and tells you to lie. If you are a parent of a teenager or older, you continue to lie to us with little kids. Because <laughs> I hear one more time that it gets worse. <laughs> I, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, honestly, like, we're not <laughs> sleeping now. Like, just lie to us. Tell us it's going to get better. Okay. Yeah, it gets way easier. Yeah. <laughs> It's oh. all downhill. Like, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, okay, it's true. But, okay, but here, here's the deal. <clears throat> Maybe we're here this weekend, this Mother's Day weekend, and we feel like we're not winning with our kids right now. Well, we want today to be a refresh button moment for so many of us parents, a moment in time where we, where we reset the goals that were in our hearts when our kids were young, the goals that were in our hearts on the day that our kids were born, and maybe you're out of the parenting phase, maybe you're, maybe you're grandparents, or maybe you're an aunt or an uncle or a teacher or a coach, or you have influence over a child in some way, shape, or form in your life. And listen, our hope is that this weekend would be a refresh button moment for every one of us to re-up, to recommitment, to recommit. To, to playing the role, whatever role it is that we play in a child's life, to the best of our abilities. That's our hope. That's what we hope that this weekend will be all about. And, and listen, we understand that there are teenagers in our services uh, as well during the weekend. And listen, if you're a teenager, our hope would be that, that this weekend you would gain a little bit of insight into what your parents are trying really, really hard to do for you. That's our hope. That's what we hope this weekend will be all about. So here's what we want to do with the rest of our time this weekend is we want, to, we want to unpack four keys to refreshing our parenting. And the first one is this, is to be open and honest about our success, successes and our failures. To be open and honest about our successes and failures. Here's the thing, parents. Our kids do not need us to pretend that we have it all together. They just don't. We're not perfect, and they know that. The reality is, is that our kids see us at our worst, and they know us the best. We don't have to pretend to be perfect. Okay, so I got a story for that. So, uh, of course, you guys know <laughs> that here at Next Level, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at, you know, coming up here and admitting that I'm, I don't, I just, I, I don't have it all together as a parent. So, uh, it, so a, a, a couple months ago, I was playing uh, baseball with my kids. So I took my kids and we went down to the Twins um, Stadium there and, and those softball fields and so forth. And we're playing ball out there. And, 
Uh, so, you know, so my kids are, are doing what they do, and brothers, I think the Bible says brothers were born for adversity. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, and so my kids, you know, we're just fussing at each other and whatever, you know, the whole deal. And so I'm just getting more and more frustrated by the minute. I'm just like, man, see, this never works, and I can never do this right, and whatever. So by the time we get home, like, I'm just like, I'm mad. And we get in the car, and I'm like, what did I expect? See, we can't even go play baseball together. Whatever. And so in the car... I say to my two boys, I say, I guess I just stink at being a dad. I guess I'm just not very good at this whole dad thing. Well, so we go home. We pull in into the drive. And so I go in the house and get some water, whatever, you know. And so Sarah's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, it was horrible. <laughs> That's how it went. It was horrible. And so she kind of walks out, you know. So Will, my 13-year-old, is walking in. And so she asks him about it, you know. Well, what happened, you know? And Will goes, Oh, Dad, he's just being overly dramatic again. <laughs> okay, if anybody is overly dramatic, it is not <laughs> me. Well, maybe. Just a little. And so, so, so then my 13-year-old looks at my wife, and he goes, Mom, Dad said that he thinks he stinks at being a dad. He is a great dad. <laughs> and it was just one of those, like, for me that I ended up, you know, going out and we ended up in his room, I think, and just sitting down with him and just, and just saying, you know, just owning my junk. Just, guys, uh, this is the first time I've ever parented two boys. Like, this is, I just, this is my first time around on this, and I'm not going to get it perfect every time. And I apologize, and I said I was sorry for raising my voice and getting frustrated at him. And that's, that's, that's what we're talking about, that parents... We have to be open and honest with our kids about, about our successes, and not just our successes, but our failures as well. It's true, and I love what the Bible says about our failures and even our weaknesses. It says this in 2 Corinthians 12. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I love what it says next. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power will rest on me. See, the reality is, is that we think we have to be perfect as parents. And, and, and this, this is true, not just in parenting in other places in our lives, that, that we need God's strength, don't we? That there are times where we get to the end of our days and there is still so much more to do. And we're at this place where we have nothing left to give. And we feel like we, we are just weak. But the Bible says that in our weaknesses, God is made strong and he can show up in a big way. And when we do this with our kids, it shows them that it's okay to be weak because God's, we, we're, our weakness is made strong in his, our, our weakness is made strong in him. It's yeah, incredible. so true. Well, a couple of practicals on how do we do that? Okay, great, Matt and Josh, but what does that look like? Well, one of the things that we've done practically for my family uh, for the last several years is every time we get around the dinner table together with our boys, uh, and Monday nights are our big family night where we have family dinner together and we all sit around the table. And the question we always ask is, Share a touchdown and a fumble. What were your touchdowns today and what were your fumbles today? And I love that. And we always start with touchdowns first because that's the positive. You know, what went right? Because human nature, and we know this, my kids know this, human nature is always to, to see the negative first and see the bad stuff first and whatever. And so we always are like, you know, let's force ourselves to see the positive. And so we, we always, you know, what's your touchdown? And so both the boys will answer. And then Sarah and I will both weigh in on our touchdowns. My mother-in-law lives with us, and she'll always weigh in on what was her touchdown for the day. And then we always ask the other question, which is, 
what was a fumble? What were some of those things that didn't go well? What were, what were the failures? What, where did the wheels come off today? And, and here's the thing. We want our kids to understand that failure is just part of the human condition, that, that things not going well is just part of doing life on planet Earth. And so being able to work that kind of a practical language just day in and day out, week in and week out with our kids is instilling inside of them this idea that, that life's not going to be perfect. And we don't have to run from our failures or our weaknesses. We don't have to push away from them. We don't have to, you know, do any of that. We just, we just have to, to lean into them and grow through them and, and process through them together as a family. So that, that touchdowns and fumbles thing has been huge for it's us. It's awesome. Another way is this, is there's power in saying we're sorry to our kids. Yeah. There's power in actually saying, you know what, I messed up. And, and for some of us, the most powerful thing that we can do when we leave tonight it's to go home and right before we put our kids to bed, it's to go, you know what? I didn't do a good job at that. You know, me and my wife, we have young kids and, and driving in the car is, is a crazy thing. Um, kids are throwing stuff at my head. Like it's, it's just nuts. And, and, and that is probably the place where I lose my cool the most. And the reality is, is that maybe some of you even driving in tonight, driving in today, that, that you need to go home today and you need to say to them, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And here's what it doesn't do. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong yeah. and it makes you human. And it makes, it opens up this door for your kids to know that even though they make mistakes, they can come and they can say they're sorry about those mistakes and they can be human too. We have to make sure that our kids know that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to say we're sorry. Absolutely. Here's a second way we can uh, have a fresh start in our parenting this week. And number two is this, take time to remember that our kids are a blessing not a curse. Take time to remember that our kids are a blessing, not a curse. It's easy because life is busy, isn't it? That, that it's, it's easy in seasons of busyness for us to, to get so just wound up and, and go in and carpooling and practices and games and recitals and rehearsals and paying the bills and pressures at work and all of the things that come with life. It, it, it's easy in those seasons of busyness for us to, to let the pendulum swing away from the day that our kids were born and we were like, I've never felt so much love in my life and these children are a blessing from God. Like it's, it's easy for us to let that pendulum slide to the other extreme, to the other side of that. And we cannot do that. We have to remember as parents that children are a blessing from God. I love what Psalm uh, chapter 127 says. Verse 3 says this, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. I love that. Did you catch the word gift in there? Did you catch the word reward? It said children are a gift from God. They're a reward from the Lord. I love that. And then I love the imagery there of this idea of a warrior and arrows in the hand of a warrior. And here's why, because in, in, hist in history, back in those days, the most prized possession of a warrior was his arrows. Think about it. His arrows, the arrows of a warrior represented his ability to thrive in the world around him. Weak arrows meant a weak life. And men, I want to talk to us for just a second. And listen, I know it's Mother's Day, but listen, sometimes the best Mother's Day gift you can give them is a better man. Come on, ladies. Can I get a better amen than that? Men, listen, we live in a world that tells us that our arrows are everything but our kids. 
We live in a world that celebrates the arrows of success. We live in a world that celebrates the arrows of the car we drive or the home we live in or the the neighborhood we have surrounding our house. We live in a world that tells us that the arrows of our life are the achievements and the accolades that we get in our workplace. But men, can I challenge us? Listen, the true arrows of our life is not the car we drive or our wife or how beautiful she is. No, 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 listen. The arrows of our life is not how if we can get in single digits in our golf handicap. The true lasting arrows of our life will be our children. How straight and how strong, how wise and level-headed how godly our kids are when they reach adulthood. Those are the lasting arrows of our life. And so men, we have to fight to keep remembering what matters most. We have to fight to keep remembering that our kids are a blessing, not a curse. A couple of ways to help us know and remind ourselves that our kids are a blessing and not a curse is the first one is this, is, is date nights with your kids one-on-one. And, and a lot of you guys do this, but, but one of the things that's been tough uh, for Irina and myself is that our kids are young. And so I'll take Gracie to Chick-fil-A, and instead of her wanting to hang out with me, she wants to go play in the play area. <laughs> uh, and so here, here let, me, let me give you permission that it doesn't have to look just like that. It can be different. One of the things that, uh, that me and Gracie, my three-year-old, has done over the last couple of months, and I, I love it so much, is that, uh, is that we've started to create a pattern that on Sundays after church, there's this kind of lull for, for me and my schedule. And, and what happens is everybody's starting to leave, and then, and then there's time where we have to clean up and stuff. So I have about 10 minutes. And I love this. We talked about this in child dedication that we can start to create patterns with our kids where they actually get to look forward to it. And before, Gracie, after church, the pattern used to be, Daddy, let's go get a cookie out of the kitchen. And and now it's this, is that we will go and she'll say to me, Daddy, she'll grab my hand and she'll say, Daddy, let's go to the stage. And here's why. We go back to our Studio K stage and we sit on the front of the stage. And for 10 minutes, she knows every single week that she has my undivided attention. That for 10 minutes, every single week, she knows that Daddy and Gracie get to talk. And here's what I ask her. I ask her, what did she learn in class? Like, what did she learn? And right now, it's always Jesus loves me every single time. And eventually, it'll be more. Uh, That's a good baseline. That's a good foundation. Uh, But then I'll ask her this question. And I, I really think this is one of the most powerful questions we can ask our kids, whether they're three, whether they're a teenager, or whether they're adults. And I'll ask her this. Gracie, what do you want to talk about? I'll ask her, what do you want to talk about, Gracie? And it's been so incredible because here's the reality. Like I said, it doesn't matter what age you are. You love when your mom and dad sit down with you and go, I just want to hear what's going on in your heart. I want to to know what you're thinking about. And, And as little kids, for me and Gracie, she knows that she can ask any question. And she does. It's crazy sometimes the things, some some of the things she asks. But she knows that she has my undivided attention. And man, it's so cool because in that moment, I realize how much of a blessing my kids are and not a curse. Another way is this, is to find hobbies to do with your kids, to do together. I was at Starbucks uh, about a month ago when I started to write down the initial thoughts for this, this, this uh, message. And, and I, I met a guy, or actually I knew him, but his name is Clark, and he goes to our church. He's in his late 70s. And uh, I was asking him, of course I'm going to ask him about parenting. I need to know his advice. And so I asked him, and he gave me some really cool things. But I love what he told me what his dad did when he was a teenager. See, it was one, right around that time, and this was 
30, 40 years ago, and he remembers it vividly. It was right around that time where he was going to make a decision. Either he was going to go start doing things that he shouldn't, or he was going to stay on the straight and narrow. And he was going to obey and be a good, a good teenage boy. And he said this, that in that moment when him and his dad start, started to not have a lot in common anymore, his dad bought him a horse. His dad bought him a horse. Now, that's pretty cool. But his dad bought him a horse, and here's why. This is so cool. I don't have teenagers yet, but I, I can remember. I know I don't have a lot of hair, but I can remember when I was a teenager. Like, and I remember this, that more and more, my mom and dad and I stop having things in common. We stop having a common language, and we stop knowing what to talk about. And what Clark told me that his dad did was amazing. He bought him this horse, and over, over a couple years, they learned how to ride together. They read books about horse riding together. They read books about how to take care of a horse. And all of a sudden, they had a common ground that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And Clark told me that in that moment, in that season of his life, instead of walking away and not liking his parents anymore, that he got closer with his dad because he had a common language and a common ground. We have to have a hobby with our kids as they get older. It'll give us a reason to know that they are a blessing and not just a curse. I'm going I'm to write that by a horse. <laughs> I need to buy a horse. <laughs> Dude, that's so amazing. It was good oh, stuff. My goodness. Gosh, so awesome. Number three, how do we hit the refresh button, get a fresh start in our parenting? Here's how. Maybe we want to write this down. Refuse to let guilt run rampant in our mind. We have to refuse parents to let guilt run rampant in our mind. Here's why. Because guilt is a horrible motivator in any area of our life. Think about it. Think about an area of your life where you're feeling guilty. Now, think about how much true motivation you have in that area. Not much, right? Why? Because guilt is a horrible motivator. So watch this. When it comes to parenting, when we walk around with guilt in our heart concerning our kids or our relationship with our kids, we are sabotaging our own motivation to be with them and to do better by them. So here's what that means. Some of us this weekend... We need to start writing down whenever we find ourselves feeling that guilt feeling in terms of our parenting, in terms of our relationship with our kids. And maybe we need to invite our spouse into that process. Listen, say to your spouse, whenever you see that look on my, in my eyes or that look on my face across the room, uh, when, when you know that I'm feeling guilty, I'm feeling all uh, guilty about this and my relationship with my kids, whatever. Listen, we need to start writing those things down. Why? Because one of the greatest tricks of the devil is to get us feeling guilty about our kids because he knows that we will just shut down. We got to nip this stuff in the bud. There is a huge difference between guilt and conviction. Conviction is what God uses to steer our hearts. Guilt is what the devil uses to stop us from moving forward in our lives. It's so true. Listen to Romans 2. It says this, God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. His kindness leads us to repentance. And, and here's the difference. This is the difference between guilt and conviction, is that guilt takes us to a place that doesn't help us as parents. It hurts us as parents. But God's conviction, it takes us to a place where we become the best parents we possibly can. You know, I really, really believe that, it, that in this room right now, that at Gateway, anywhere you're sitting and you're listening, that you've been living your life and your parenting life in guilt. And God wants you to know that you are not a horrible parent, that you're a great parent and that you're trying your best 
And yes, there might be some things that you need to change and some course corrections, but you are the best parent for your kid. And I don't know why, but I feel like God wants me to say this too, that single parents, parents that are together and, and your kid was an, an accident, he wasn't. She wasn't. God intended for you to be their mom and dad and for them to be in this world. And God wants to do something incredible with their lives. So don't give up. Don't give up and don't live in guilt because the reality is it takes you nowhere. Live in the conviction of God because he has something powerful for you and your kids. It's gonna be amazing. The fourth and the final one is this. Never forget that our jobs don't start until we walk through the door at night. Wow. I, I remember uh, I was in the early years of my parenting and just really struggling to figure it all out. And so I, I scheduled a lunch with a guy in our church at the time who had, had kids who were a few years older than mine. And I remember him saying this statement to me. He looked at me and he said, Matt, listen, you need to never forget that your real job doesn't begin until you walk in the door at night after work. That you think your job is to go to work every day and do what you do and be really good at it. The truth is your real job actually starts the minute you leave that job and go home and engage with your kids. And man, I've never forgotten that, that statement. I think it's such a profound, such a powerful statement for us as parents. Pastor Wayne Cordero, um, who is a, a pastor in Hawaii, he's the guy who wrote uh, or invented SOAP, the, the way we study the Bible around here. You probably heard us talk about that. Well, he's the guy that came up with that method. Well, in a book that he wrote called Leading on Empty, he makes this, this comment and he, he introduces this idea that as humans, we basically have seven what he calls pockets of energy a day, seven pockets of energy a day. And the idea is uh, that all of us spend those pockets of energy however we want. And he, here's a quote from the book. He says this, each of us has a finite amount of energy to invest each day. And how we invest that energy will make all the difference. Well, I, I ran across that quote several years ago, and I'm, I'm telling you, that has made such a huge impact on me and my parenting because over the last few years, I've tried to be extremely conscious of that idea that I have seven pockets of energy in my day, and I got to save one of those pockets for the end of the day. That when I walk through the door at night, after a long day at work, I can't have nothing in the tank. I got to figure out a way to keep one of those pockets of energy uh, reserved back. But see, what most of us do is we go to our job, we go to our work, whatever we engage with all day long, and we give and we give and we give and we, we pour out all of our energy, uh, seven pockets or nine or 12 pockets of energy in a day, and then we get home and we just crash on the couch and we want to just shut down and zone out. Why? Because we've exhausted all of those pockets of energy. And parents, we got to fight against that feeling. Why? Because our kids need us to have one of those pockets of energy. So true. Can I be honest? Like, this is probably the hardest thing for me. Is it because, I, honestly, I love my job. I, I feel like I, I, am, I am doing my dream job to be the kids pastor at Next Level Church. And so I go to work every single day and I'm in meetings with leaders and meetings with parents and, and we're figuring out what we're gonna do in the next couple months for our kids ministry. And the reality is, is that I can find myself so easily because it's right and it's a good thing. Use up every single pocket of energy I have. And the reality is, and I feel blessed and I know it won't last forever, is that I go home and my daughter and my son, they can't wait until I get there. They're waiting for me at the door. And I've learned over the last couple months and, and watching Matt and Sarah from afar and other pastors on our staff and other people that we look up to as parents, that, that we've learned 
that the most important people in my day are Gracie and Oliver and my wife. And the reality is it doesn't matter how great of a kids pastor I am, if I'm not a great dad to them, I'm really not that great of a kids pastor. So I've tried so hard over the last couple months and, and to try so hard that even in, in meetings at the end of the day when I realize, man, I am tired and my energy is about gone, that I'll just call a meeting, that I'll just say, hey, guys, let's do this another time because the reality is I'm not at my best either. And I saved that pocket. And, and another thing that I've learned is that I can't be on the phone the whole way home dealing with a problem that could wait for tomorrow. I have to disconnect. I got to turn on the music. I got to turn on sports radio. And I got to just disconnect so that when I get home and I walk through the door, that I have one more pocket of energy, that I'm not, not past my peak, but I'm at the peak of my day for my kids, for the two kids that matter the most in my life. So when I walk through the door, and Gracie screams, Daddy's home. And Oliver says, Poppy, Poppy. I don't know where Poppy comes from. <laughs> we got to stop watching Boston. We are Rays fans all the way. Um, but when I walk through the door, I do have the energy. I do have the energy to, to sit at the little table with my daughter and, and have a tea party. And I have the energy to wrestle with Oliver. Because I didn't wait until the end of the day to use up all of my energy, I actually waited to make sure that the peak of my day was for Gracie and for Oliver. And that I had enough energy to come home and to be everything I needed to be for them. So good. So good. What about us, parents? What about us? Are we saving a pocket of energy at the end of the day? What, like, what minor tweak could we start to, to think through and make in our daily schedule to save a little left, to keep a little more in the tank when we walk through that door with our kids at night. Why? Because our kids are worth it. Why? Because the years of parenting go fast. It's crazy when I, I think about Will and Drew, my, my boys, that we're over halfway done. Sarah and I talk about it often. We're, we're over halfway done with our, with our parenting years. It, it's When I think about the day my kids were born, it seems like a long time ago already. I heard someone say recently that when it comes to parenting, the days are long years are short. Make the most of your days. Parents, I can't help but think that there's going to be a day in the soon coming future when we're going to wish we had played more board games. We're going to wish we had run through the sprinklers a few more times going to wish but would have read a few more bedtime stories. We can't go back. But what we can do is commit to go forward. From this day forward, make a fresh start in our parenting. 
make a commitment to engage the days we have. Maybe we're a parent whose parenting years are gone and our kids are grown and off and raising their own kids. And maybe we look back with regret. Listen, we can't go back, no guilt. But we can commit now to play the role with our grandkids to the best of our ability. Or maybe we're an aunt or an uncle and, and we look back and we go, man, I didn't have the childhood I wish I would have had. Listen, you can be an influence in a child's life now that you wish you would have had. Play that role. Do that. Make a commitment wherever we're at, whatever role we play in the next generation's life. This weekend when Pastor Josh and I were sitting down to, to craft this talk and to work through these ideas and praying through what we hope this message would do in our hearts, we, we, we said we want this message to be a moment of commitment for all of us to a fresh start in our parenting and in all of our influence for the next generation. So, Pastor Josh, what, would you come? And man, I, why don't you, do, will you just pray for the families of our church. Pray for the parents of our church, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parents who are doing their best, who are giving it their all, who are, who are leaning on God for strength in their weakness. Pastor Josh, come on, everybody. Let's, all of our campuses, all of our services, let's just agree. And let's Pastor pray. Josh, pray for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that all these parents are here this weekend. And yes. Father, we, parenting is hard, it's tough. But God, we know that in our weakness, you're made strong. Yes. And so God, we do pray for every single parent, yes, every yes. single grandparent and our uncle, God. We pray that no matter where they're at in this journey of parenting, God, that they would hit the refresh button. Yes. And they would trust you, God. They would lean into you, God, that they would take a couple of these practical steps and they would start to use them in their everyday life and that things would change, Father. Lord, I pray for any parent that's in in the room or, or watching in any other environment. God, I pray that if there's any kind of conviction, any kind of any kind of move that you want to do in their hearts, God, I pray that, that they would move towards that, God. Yes. They would not be feel guilty or feel condemned, God, but they would be convicted and they would be drawn to you even in their parenting. So God, we thank you. We thank you in advance for today, for this weekend, for it to be the weekend where families and parenting is different forever, God. Yes. We thank you for the lives, the families, the children, the parents that you're going to change because of it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.